Well, good morning out there. November the 16th, 2023. This is Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. And we're so excited for you guys to be with us this beautiful morning. And I'm excited for all that God has in store. And I know that he is such a good, good dad. Amen. And Greg broke the microphone. So he's trying to fix it in there. Uh, <laughs> it just drops off, I guess. Um just, just put it back together, Greg. I know you can figure I it out. I did that one time, <laughs> and I really freaked out. I didn't know you could put it back together. I thought I would. Don't worry. I if I break like, it, I can usually put it back together. I think it was like the first day I was in here. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm fired. I'm fired. Greg. You might want to mute mine just for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. This is the day that the Lord has made, though, and this is the day that we're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. And we're going to just celebrate the goodness of God. We're one week away from Thanksgiving. So that means my palate is being watered. Um, the the excitement and anticipation is stirring one week away. All right. You fixed? Go. I'm good. Yep. I'm doing just fine, Brother Aaron. Doing just fine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> what a shocking dropping experience. Yeah. <laughs> Way to open it up. Yeah. I was trying to tighten it up and... Uh, yeah, righty tighty, yeah. lefty loosey, wrong way. I don't really like these arms too much. They they make arms that are definitely um, a little bit more secure. So these these come up like. Hey, I'm thankful we don't have to sit here and hold the mic. That's true. You know, what um, I'm these arms are great. I don't know how to tighten them up. They yeah. always come loose, so there has to be a trick. Yeah, there I, has I, to be a trick. I'm, and I'm I thought missing. I had it figured out, but no, that was totally. I don't not think your trick worked. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, uh, Miss Hannah, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I was just sitting here thinking about, normally I have everything I'm going to make for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, I know what I'm making, but I don't know. I'm definitely making a turkey. Um, I think, actually, we got to make two turkeys for my family, and I'm usually the turkey guy now. I usually make room in my belly. <laughs> That's what I make for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> well, I can, I, can, uh, I can sympathize with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's usually what I always did growing up. And, you know, I grew up and I had to start making stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wonder why, like, you know, like Christmas, Valentine's Day, Fourth Fourth of July even sometimes. Like, every holiday you make cookies for. You ever notice that? Except Thanksgiving. That should be, that should be outlawed. That should be. <laughs> that I should be like mandatory cookie day. I yeah, feel like, like we have cookies. Yeah, I don't know, I, but you're right. I you ever thought about but that? Those aren't like the main. Yeah, I know, but like every other holidays, there's cookies involved. Centered yeah. around it, yeah. I mean, like even if you go to Fourth of July, like I'm thankful for cookies. I love cookies. <laughs> I, I absolutely chocolate chip love cookies. cookies. Yeah, sugar cookies, chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> uh, macadamia. Is it macadamia nut cookies now? Yeah, you lost me when you I left love the sugar. Those. Um, I love those. I'm a big cookie guy. I got you. I love cookies. I don't want nothing healthy in my cookies. Don't put no. any kind of walnuts or nothing keep like your, that. What keep about your raspberry cheesecake cookies. Yeah, oh, that would be sufficient. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm too picky. As long as it's not <laughs> gluten free cookies, like keep your glu- if they're gluten free, they're not a cookie. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know, <laughs> but they're not a oh, cookie. Man. Um, I need some cookie with some substance. Uh, I know man cannot live by cookies alone, <laughs> but I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I will say I've had a gluten-free brownie when I was at college, and it was the best brownie I've ever had. I would have never known it was gluten-free. gluten-free cookie? No, brownie. Brownie? Yeah, because it, it was like 
I don't know if you all do you like the brownies that are like cake or the brownies that are like oh, I'm a gooey. cake. No, give me a cookie. I like them both. I like brownies. Well, it was one I like that, my brownies brown. It was one that was really peanut butter. Moist. It was a moist brownie. Yeah. yeah and it I was like. so good and I would yeah. have never known it was um gluten-free. Yeah. Heather hates it cuz I love dry cakey brownies. Yeah. Dry cakey brownies. I love them. Yeah. I don't know why I do. I just love them. Yep. Those with a glass of milk are the best, in my opinion. I got you. well, because the milk kind of softens everything up. I got you. <laughs> I, I can see. I that. don't know. Like I just, but yeah. it's got to be warm. Yeah, I, I like warm cookies. I mean brownies, brownies yeah. and cookies. I like warm. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much just a cookie brownie. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into this sweet uh, word here. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now I'm we'll get, thinking about cookies. We'll get fussed at. We're talking about food over here. <laughs> now we're all going to get hungry. Yeah. <laughs> come now, back for the next break and nobody's here. We've cookies. done gone to Hardy's. <laughs> yeah. Go get us some cookies. Roger will have to take over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, we do have a couple of quick announcements to get into. Um, don't forget, just a few weeks from here, December 13th, our Nativity Story on Wednesday nights. Y'all got any Christmas play going on? Uh, okay, so I'm not for sure what this is, if it's a play or it's like or it's a wax museum. Uh-huh. All right, so um, you got the wrong guy. But so you are like going to... We're going to have like a wax museum of different scenes from the Bible. And you kind of like a walk through. You'll have a tour guide mm-hmm. that comes through and explains and tells the stories of each one. So it, our play, it, I don't, they got it all figured out. It's going to be great. I don't know what all it is, but it's going to be cool. But it's a wax museum. So people are going to be standing there like wax, like a museum in a certain scenes or whatever. And then you'll have the narrator come by. And I don't know for if like everybody's going to be, I don't know what their plan is, but it's a wax museum. It's, That's pretty cool. It, it's going to be pretty cool. cool. I've never yeah. heard of that. Yeah, That's me neither. Cool. Me neither. So, so how do you get the people not to blink? Uh, we'll find out. Put toothpicks in their eyes, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That would be, that's a really cool yeah. idea. I like that. Yeah. I, I like that. I talked to a young lady um, that goes to your old church, and she was telling me about the youth retreat mm-hmm. that they had. Oh, the, yes. Yeah. And she said it was awesome. Yeah, they did. They had a they had a great one. It, uh, you know, of course, I'm not a woman. I didn't get to go, and uh, I don't know what all was there, but I just knew a lot of good things come from that there's a lot of growth and a lot of healing i guess and you know i I can't speak for those girls and i can't speak for their testimonies but they come back with a different outlook and it uh, for a positive and it went it went very well and uh and you know just you know how a lot of times you have these trips and you know there's sometimes in these trips you'll have these little kind of undercurrent kind of things that kind of take place you know kind of seen but not seen kind of thing none of Mm -hmm. that took place here you know this was uh orchestrated uh by the lord we feel like you know it was instructed by the lord and and each uh one of the ladies there had us uh had she had prayed about it and and had different one of of us older to pray all week before that for a certain girl that was there and uh and we prayed for you know, for just every day we prayed up until the up until the day that they went. You know, and then we prayed while he's there. But and uh, we, you know, each individual, like I had a specific young lady that I prayed for, and then different ones 
that we all prayed for them. And, uh, and yeah, so like I said, this was all something that the Lord orchestrated uh, to build to build these young ladies and 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 even the the chaperones it's there you know it, it was there for for everybody to uh to get something out of to get closer to the lord it, it was good they went down to uh, cub run to a cabin or something down there and this rented a big cabin and went down there and just stayed uh two days i think it was a uh, uh, maybe a friday night saturday and they come back for church sunday morning i believe that's how that was but uh it was really good and the lord really did move there and them girls so yeah, Amen. I'm thankful. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the older generation took time to pray for a whole week. Yeah. Each one of them. It's awesome. All righty. Well, um, also one last announcement. Do not forget that uh, tomorrow night's um, a game here at Bethel Christian Academy if you want to come. I uh, don't know the start time. I'll have to get that to you tomorrow morning. And um, Just show up here anytime and, and wait till it starts. Right? You could do that. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I was just kidding. Don't do that. Um, you pro- I mean, you, you could show up the 16 hours before to make sure you get a good seat. Yeah. Um, there's only so much limited front bleacher, and you may want to make sure you get front bleacher mid-court. Because you don't want the third row. You want to get the first row. And you, you want to make sure you're here early enough to get that first row. Because when you're in the third row, it's like you're in those bleeds. <laughs> and it's just not the same view. I got you. <laughs> All right. I got you. Yeah, because you're a total six foot behind the front yeah. row. Um, you know, and it's, it's, you can't see nothing back yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's probably closer to 4.3 feet or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But if you get behind a tall person. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Don't sit behind Ethan. Game's over. Yeah. You might as well just go home. Because, <laughs> yeah. I no, I'm just kidding. Nothing. It is. It's good. It's good. Yeah. All right. We're in Hebrews chapter six, which we did discuss yesterday is a um, difficult chapter at times. It really is. And it says some things that are hard to, to hear and um, hard to grasp at times as well. And so um, let's just read, read number one, because we kind of don't even know if we got through one um, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if we can say we got one verse. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And now, this word perfection, again, is saying let us go on to maturity. To maturity let us go yeah. on to fullness. Let us go on to walk in the fullness of Christ and mature as believers in the things of Christ. Not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So here's where he starts to talk about the elementary principles of Christ. Um, first one he is bringing here is what foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards Jesus Christ. Like he's basically saying, there has to come a time where we stop talking um, about the initial repentance in our own life, like in the sense of this, because he's saying repentance from dead works and faith towards God. So this is when we transition, well, born again. It, it, yes, it, and also because he's talking to Hebrews, so. And this right here, it says the uh, foundation of repentance mm-hmm. from dead works and of faith towards God. So, you know, the, uh, the Hebrews, they thought they had to earn. Mm-hmm. They had to do all these things to, you know, for God. Well, now, <clears throat> instead of relaying the foundation, look, I've already told you it's not the works, but by faith. We are saved through mm-hmm. grace, you know, yeah. and it's that's the beginning is the beginning. Yeah. That, so that's that's the foundation is faith. 
through grace, you know, not by yeah. works, lest any man should boast. And I think that's what he's right here, and it's, it's what he's telling us there. He says, okay, we don't have to go over this again. I pretty much got that nailed down. So now let's move forward. Let's move from the law to the gospel, yep. to, the, to grace. Like, yep. please, let's, let's stop having to go back to this discussion yep. on the dead works, the, yep. the circumcision, the dietary law. Like, yep. these are things All that these. are maybe, yep. like— permissible to do but it's yeah. not your salvation isn't hanging upon it yeah and uh you know if you want to follow the dietary law you can do so but the That's, lord did deal with this in acts yeah and he said what was unclean has been now made clean yeah in and, a, in a sheet yes in a sheet and, and so he's trying to get him like in in reality what he's doing is this is the beginning of your walk and and you're you're right with specifically to the hebrews this mm-hmm. would have been a beginning from the repentance from dead works is repentance from the law. Yeah. The law that that yeah. that became he fulfilled the law. So yeah. our fulfillment of the law is not it's it's on him. Right. The credence of the fulfillment of the law is on him and he's done it. And this is why it's it's not Jesus plus circumcision. It's not Jesus plus feast. It's not yeah. Jesus plus dietary laws. It's Jesus plus nothing. Exactly. Is yeah. salvation. Now, are we saying those other things are bad? They're only bad if you add salvation atonement to it. Yeah, the, and and what I you know me I you know I'm I'm a Gentile so I I put this into my day by day, you know so you know me doing good things and being nice and all this thing is not what gets me to the Lord. You know if if I'm nice or if I do a good thing, it's because the Lord is in me that has changed me and allowed me to do those things. You know, a lot of people think, well, I got to get cleaned up before I can even present myself to the Lord. You know, how many people felt like that? I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's like, you know, well, I got to, I got to, you know, put my best clothes on, whatever. I've got to get cleaned up and then come to the Lord. Well, that's not how it works. If you clean yourself up, then there would, we wouldn't need Jesus. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't have to die. It's because we can't clean ourselves up that he did die. So that he can clean us from the inside. Mm-hmm. And then once he cleans the inside, the outside starts cleaning. Yep. So Paul, I mean, not Paul, the writer of Hebrews here. You can say Paul. It's me. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, uh, I'm with you. Is, <laughs> is he, He's again, he's starting here. This is the very first thing he mentions when he talks about the elementary principles of Christ that we have to leave is the discussion of repentance from dead works. That's the that's religion. That's the law. And moving into faith towards God, which is we're saved by grace through faith. So he's saying, let's let's first move on to that of the baptism doctrine of baptisms. So he's saying, let's move, um, <clears throat> let's move on. Let's see here. Now, did you read verse two yet? No, this is where I'm actually heading into. Oh, okay. Now, this is where this is where I I start to figure out, like in this saying here. And I think this is this is for me. We 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 just fly through what he's getting ready to say here. Now, this is these next two verses right here is to me. I think we should read these slowly and carefully and pay attention to what they're saying. Mm hmm. Because people get, uh, like you've said before, they get caught up on these gifts and all these things, these signs and wonders. But these next two verses, if we read slowly, I think is going to kind of keep us in order with the Lord here, I think. Is that what you was going with? I I don't don't know if that's what you're 
some people preach and teach this as, as everything through verse 3 or everything in verse 2 is the elementary things that we need to leave. I don't know if I see it that way. No. So let's just read it. Yeah. It, I mean, it says, uh, let me go back to the King, New King James. Of um, verse two, start of verse of two. the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For if it, uh, go ahead and go in verse four. Too. Well, I th- before we go into that, because this is that's transitioning thought at that point. All right. And what I want to say with verse two is, I'm reading the context and I'm looking at this. And I've heard a lot of preachers say these are the elementary things. But for me, I'm not for sure, too, he's still continuing the elementary things. I don't know if this is where it's like we need to move from the dead works and faith towards Christ. And I think myself, what we're moving to, the thing we repent of is the dead works. But the thing we're moving to is faith towards God, the doctrines of baptism, the laying on the hands, the resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. This is what the writer of Hebrews is trying to get a shift to, the, well, the mature things. And here's, look at verse 1. At the end, it doesn't, it's not a period, it's a comma. Mm-hmm. It's a continu- so verse 2 is a continuation of verse 1. Yes. All right, so let's just read it all till we get to a period. And well, I mean, the whole, be, 1 through 3 is a period. Well, there's a period. No, I'm sorry, uh, 1 through two, 2 is a period. Yeah, 1 and 2 is, is, a, is a one complete statement there. So if we read it all together, can you care if I do that? Uh-uh. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, of doctrine and of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of re- uh, resurrection of the dead and of internal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. So in other words, all these things we will do if God permits it. But let's not get hung up on these things. Let's not search for these things. Let's not worship these things. If these things will, God will do if he permits. You know, we, we get so, or I say we, I don't know if you guys or other people, I, it's so easy to get caught up in the works and thinking that, you know, something's got to happen in order for, for God to move, you know, like, you know, he may be moving and nothing. We may not see anything because he's stirring in the hearts of people, you know. Uh, but this right here, it says, and this we will do if God permit, because it's God that does the works. It's not us. It's all these things, the laying on the hand of the doctor, the baptism, all these things, it says, the resurrection of the dead. And this we will do if God permit. That's 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 the part that's the part that well, I, I think to get that to. all I think the verse three is saying we can't do any of this thing if God doesn't permit us to, but I think the writer of Hebrews here is actually saying the elementary principles of Christ mm-hmm. let us go on to perfection, not laying again on the foundation of the dead works. All right, so is he saying here that the elementary principle things of Christ that we're leaving? Is dead. I mean, so dead works is an easy one. We got to leave that. Yeah, the dead works is a law, and but, the the other foundation. I believe this here is the foundation of the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on the hands. All this is foundation. The resurrection of the dead. This I think he's calling these as the foundation. Uh, you know, don't we don't have to lay this foundation again. These are here. They're established. We don't have to go over these things. You know, and the, all these things we will do if the Lord permits. 
But the uh, first things first is we got to be right with the Lord <laughs> mm-hmm. in order for any of this stuff to work. Is the way you know that's so I you, think that's what he's he's building up to in this chapter is. <clears throat> so here, would he be saying this for everybody involved listening? Is let's not continue to have discussions about laying on hands. We already figured this out. Let's not continue to have discussions on the doctrine of baptisms because we already figured it out. Let's not, because in essence, like all these things are really good things. Yeah, and we they're they're necessary to teach and talk about. But if I look at these things, and this is kind of what I'm looking at here, the transitions that are happening, and the like, the laying on the hand. I mean, sorry, the repentance from dead works and a faith towards God. That discussion is still happening. Yep, because we're trying to figure out legalism or holiness, not all this thing. Exactly. The discussion of doctrine of baptisms. Well, is it, do we, if you do it in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're wrong. You have to do it in Jesus' name. Well, if you do it in Jesus' name and not the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're wrong. We're quarreling over the foundation of baptism and never actually advancing the kingdom. Just focus on Jesus. But that's not saying yeah. the, that's not saying the doctrine of baptism isn't important because we must learn it. Yep. And, and so, and even like the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, like all these are debates that people try to have with me almost all the time. There you go. Um, and he's saying, and this will we do if God permit. But here's, So not th- I don't think that should be our focus is what he's saying here. Don't focus on these things. Don't yeah. focus on the dead works and don't focus on on what the these procedures. I'm going to call these procedures. Yeah. Because that's what they are. Is that not? I mean, well, I mean, they are procedures of God's uh, I would whatever. I would like the word principles or. Well, okay, because uh, procedures kind of have this business policy. Well, honestly, that's what people make it. They do. You know what I mean? So that's why it's it it is. You know, I guess it's why I see it as a procedure because everybody, it's like, well, you have to do this, you have to do this, yeah. you have to, you have to, have to. You know, well, I'm here's like, the, here's for me, yeah. kind of the issue here, and Hannah, you're gonna have to chime in. Um, is is like I understand what the writer of Hebrews here is saying, mm-hmm. but here's my concern about this he's telling a group of people who have this figured out to move on i'm not for sure if the modern day has it figured out i don't think they got it figured out or else they wouldn't have this conversation yeah well (laughs) you know now the more i read and think about it even though i don't know much about him i still like i don't think paul did it i got you i'm almost favoring more and more apollos I don't know Apollos. I never met him. And but here's Paul, why. Me and him were buddies. No, I'm well, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Apollos I don't know Paul. Was being taught in a better way. Priscilla and Aquila pulled him apart. Um, um, you know, it's like I think Apollos was very influential. We talked about Apollos the other day. I said I wish I, I knew more about Apollos, but it's hard to study about because you don't have a lot of information about who he was outside of what Scripture says. And mm-hmm. from all I can gather, there's not a lot of secular sources such as Josephus that covers a lot about Apollo. So uh, we're limited, but yet Apollos must have been a very influential figure because even in Corinth, some were of Apollo, some of Cephas, which is Peter, mm-hmm. some were of Paul, and then some were of Christ. So Apollos must have been a prominent figure enough to be named among Peter, Paul, and Christ. Yeah, I never thought about that. You're and right. so... And um, I don't know, like, there's things like in Hebrews that make me think that could have been in Paul writing. But from what I can get, it almost sounds like Paul and Apollos are kind of like-minded. Yeah. Because he's kind of thrown into that discussion a lot with him and Peter. 
And so I don't I don't know. It's like, but here, uh, Brother Dwayne Kidd said the Bible called them principles, um, which he did, the elementary principles of Christ. These are yeah. principles. principles yeah. So I think they are important. I don't think the writer here is trying to minimize the, the importance of the principles. I agree. I agree. I think what's happening is, honestly, I'm going to be honest, I think they had a better grip of the principles than the modern-day American church has. And I will agree. Because I think their discipleship was probably better than ours. I will agree. And so <laughs> I think we could leave those discussions if we finally discipled and laid yeah. a foundation in believer's life. And I think that's what he's doing here. You know, yeah. he is like, okay, this, this is what you, you just nailed it right there. He's discipling them. He's discipling them. I don't know if I said that right, but, Works but for me. so he is discipling them here now. He's so, I mean, this is what, you do, you know, okay, so you've learned all these doctrines, you learn, you learned all these principles, mm-hmm. all right, so now let's not get hung up on these principles, let's grow and mature, and let's move forward and learn but how. But only after you've learned the principles. Yeah. That's, I think that's the key thing, is he's never telling them not to learn the principles. Yeah. He's saying, let's leave the elementary principles behind us and move on into maturity now. Yeah. But you can't grow up if you don't have the tools to grow up. Right. And... And yeah. my, my fear is this, is people's taking this scripture and trying to get people past the elementary things when they've never learned the elementary. Oh, thing. yeah. So yeah, then, you they can't the, skip. Yeah. then they get into the deeper things and they start to drown and they don't know why. Yeah. It's because we never, you don't go to the deep end until you first learn how to deal with a kiddie pool, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, now, now sometimes yeah. I kind of just got thrown in the lake, I'm pretty sure. But uh, Yeah, I was going to say, that can't always be. Because but it's not some, the smart you know, thing. And different, and different people are different you know you got different uh uh levels of maturity yeah. you know i mean and it takes different scenarios and different situations for different ones to learn yeah and uh you know what may crush somebody uh may not even affect the next person he'll have to have something totally different to come out with that same view that this other person had in this crushing thing that wouldn't even bat an eye to the other person so but you a know, generalized statement is yeah. we like to build people. Yeah, like, you know, well, it has to be built, it, it, yeah. Because whenever I got thrown in the deep end, even spiritually, I drowned for a minute. Yeah. Until, but, until somebody kind of, by God's grace, come and help. I, there was there was a pastor. I was going to say it was a rock. You no. hit the, the no. rock at the bottom. Actually, there was a pastor who I went and preached at their church, and they called me out, and I didn't like it. It hurt my pride. It hurt my air. I was 18 what years you old. thinking? You know, and it hurt my pride, hurt my arrogance. But I needed somebody to pull me out of the deep end and kind of set me back in the kiddie pool for a second. Yeah. And and I thought I was just going to – I thought I was going to rule the deep end. I thought I was going to be a high diver within 30 seconds of being saved. Yeah. And it didn't work like that. So here's what I want to do is I want to say there has to come a time where we leave the elementary things and start moving on to maturity. Mm-hmm. But you can't do maturity until you first get the elementary things, and I don't think the writer of Hebrews is telling us to to skip them. Yeah, I don't think he's telling us to skip them either. I think what he's doing here is to not get hung up on them, because yeah. people get so focused and they just—it's just like briars. They get caught in a briar patch, and every little thing snags them and holds them back. Yeah. Uh, well, I've snagged up on this, uh, on this. Uh, well, let's see, principle. This principle here, and I'm just focused on this one principle, and then. Because of this one principle, I'm missing all these other things that's going on because I'm so focused on this one. You know, and, and you've seen it before, just different ones. Like, 
okay, here's one for instance, tongues, speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Is that not a principle that some people totally get, they'll just get bound to? And, you know, I've, you know, it's like, well, you, if you haven't speaking in tongues, you haven't done this. You, you, you. Yeah. And my thing is, I'm that's just one, but it, and, uh, it's just the, the principles, you know, he's, he's saying to, let me, let me try to just make this simple. I don't, I feel like I'm being confusing here. I don't want to be confusing. All these things are good, but not to get hung up. And, not, you know, the main focus should always be Jesus and allow him to reveal these principles to you as the situations come, mm-hmm. as the the areas come, as the fight comes. Yeah. That's what I want to say. I think it's important, too, to realize the writer here is saying leaving the discussion, not leaving yeah. the principles. No. You're leaving the discussion of the principles. And here's kind of how I see it. And I was actually having this conversation with somebody recently. The The church is very trendish like they're just trendish yep they go with whatever the latest trend is and they give all their energy to that trim that trend but in reality we should be like uh dave ramsey talks about this snowball effect i believe we should be like a spiritual snowball when we start rolling down the mountain we have a little bit of snow but every time we keep rolling we keep adding to the original snow never goes anywhere the original snow is still there, but as we keep compounding, now by the time the ball gets to the end of the mountain, it could be a boulder. Why? Because now we're growing, we're attaching everything, everything's moving together. So it's like in the church world, um, there's been moments where God started to heal people. Everything came about healing. There's been moments where deliverance takes place. Everything becomes about deliverance. There's been moments where we got the the mm-hmm. issue, like prophecy comes out. Okay, everything's about prophecy. We, we can't leave all the other things, but we can keep improving and keep growing. And so now it's no longer, okay, the, the, the church just has deliverance. No, there's healing. There's prophecy. There's all this. And we just keep rolling and that's adding was, all this together. And that's what I was talking about, what you just said there. That was the briar. So, like, okay, there's a big healing movement. So everybody's hung up on healing. You know, they're caught in the briars on yeah. the hill. Or there's a prophecy movement. Well, everybody's then. It's like the next... And I'm not for sure if uh, now all those things are good and it is the Lord moving. And I think what happens is uh, just man's nature is to get caught up in the whims of doctrine that comes by, you know, and and they hold on to the blessing and they miss the blesser. Mm -hmm. You know, they 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 go looking for all the blessings and they completely overlook who's doing who's giving the blessing you know they they they, they look for his hand and not his face yeah does that does that sure. make sense yeah. yeah and we gotta go to break but yeah. like when the word apostle was kind of introduced back to the church man everybody went and got an apostle card <laughs> like it, it was just what it was because it's trendish and we think that there's going to be one trend that changes and shifts everything it's not when oh, there one, is there is one the, well it's, it's jesus christ <laughs> it is it's not about doing one thing god's called us to do it's about learning as a body of christ we're all many members one body like we was teaching last night and everybody doing what they're called to do yeah. and that means there's a fullness and a maturity and here again i know we're going to go to break and read the first trivia question he's not saying leaving their elementary principles He's saying, let's leave the discussion, discussion. so we can yeah, start moving on. Hung up on it. We bring them yep. with us because these are the principles that we yeah. operate off of. Yep. So we're taking those with us 
and they're not bad things. They're not things we negate or forget. Yep. It's just sooner or later we can stop talking about baptism and move on to something else. Yeah. So does that mean we stop doing baptism? No. no. We keep doing we we've already by God's grace, He's permitted us to understand baptisms. So we do baptisms and now we start moving on to something else. Move forward. And yep. that's in our snowball. Yep. And then we'll add deliverance. Then we add healing. Then we add uh, restoration. Then we add prophecy. Whatever the tongues, Lord permits. And all this stuff yep. starts coming into a snowball and now the body becomes a wrecking ball that can just run through the kingdom of darkness. So I'm talking about because yeah. <laughs> we're full and we're mature yeah. and we're coming to wholeness because wholeness is not doing one thing right. Holiness wholeness is doing everything right. And like that's that. what he's trying to get into the body. I like that wrecking ball through the kingdom of darkness. I like uh, well, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that's I want to be part of that wrecking ball. <laughs> Me that's, too. That's, <laughs> yeah. But no person solo is a wrecking no, ball. No, no. And no one ministry by itself is a wrecking ball. Right. It takes it's the, the body of Christ, yeah. many members, one body becoming whole, yep. and and less less annihilate the kingdom of darkness, <laughs> because it's not just one thing. It's not just tongues. It's not just prophecy. It's not just healing. It's not just hospitality. It's not just administration. It's not just preaching. It's not just teaching. It's not just apostolic. It's not just evangelist. It's everything. It's everything firing on all cylinders. That's when we start to walk in a mature man. Thursday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. In what gospel does Jesus say that the scripture cannot be broken? In what gospel does Jesus say that the scripture cannot be broken? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on more of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Well, we are back here on this beautiful, beautiful November 16, 2023. What a day the Lord has made. What a great discussion we've had so much so far on Hebrews chapter 6. Again, two days and three verses. It's not bad average, okay? It's not a bad average at all. We're, uh, I'm in this point in my life where I'm trying to figure out how to slow down and still be very productive. Yep. I actually feel like this. This is what I'm learning. I'm actually going home the last two days, and I kind of figure out what I can say. Listen, what I did today. It's awesome. Because <laughs> I feel like this. Sometimes we're moving so fast, we actually don't accomplish anything. Yeah. Because we're just like, woo, 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 And so. <laughs> How'd they go again? <laughs> uh, you mean do it again? No. I don't know if I can. It's one of those things, maybe a one-time only. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but we do have an answer for the trivia question. In what gospel does John say that the scripture cannot be broken? It was John. John 3, 10, 35, and Miss Gail got that right, and she wanted to make sure I tell you she loves you all tremendously. She says, you tell Miss Hannah and Brother Greg, I just love them. Well, and we I said, well, too. we just I love you. We're going to get her one of those nameplates for her, you know, like you know, like people get on their desk and stuff, Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's going to say, Miss Gail, most encouraging woman ever. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Hannah had she was she was me and you kind of was going on there, and she had some things she wanted to talk about on this subject here. I told her she had to just get in there. Yeah, well, and I I feel like maybe I didn't oh, well, I was, give her a chance, but no, y'all are fun. I yeah. mean, I was if I don't talk about something, I normally just tell Greg on the break. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's always good. I'm like, man, I need to shut up and let her talk more. No. Uh, <laughs> um, I we were just talking about how. Uh, there, this, these things, you know, we talked about the one extreme of the church that gets caught up on them, 
But we did really didn't talk about the other extreme that doesn't believe in them at all. They just, just, they just throw that it they all just out. They count it all out, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I was thinking about. Because I've probably been around more... I don't know. I've probably been around more people that get hung up on them. But at the same time, I've been around people that completely just preach against them. <laughs> and I was just... We were talking about over the break. Like, I just don't understand how... And I, I know if, you know, the spirit of religion is strong that yeah. it can blind you from seeing the truth but you know it lays it out in this word and even in this scripture like that these things are principles of the doctrine of Christ mm-hmm. so if they're a principle of the doctrine of Christ and a foundation then I just don't see how we can throw them out you know yeah. because the word never gives us permission to do that and you know and w- then we got to talking about you know, practically, and and if there is someone who doesn't believe in these things, who does not believe in laying hands or, or I mean, I feel like most people who don't say they don't believe in it, surely, that I mean, they can't just read this word and not see, they know that it's in here. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like just a really strong desire not to want to do it. <laughs> they probably just really don't want to do it. But we talked about over the break, like, you know, Greg talked about how, you know, the the verse that says that they will know the disciples how basically you love you'll know your, your brothers and yeah, you'll know your brother and sister in Christ for the love they have for one another. And um all of these things have to be moved out of a place of love and compassion because you know, we talked about a scenario if someone was sitting in front of us and they were being tormented by, you know, by spirits or if someone was sitting in front of us that was just hurting and needed a physical healing i mean how can you how can you let someone sit in front of you just sitting there in pain without at least going and praying for him you know and asking the lord lord help this person lord please and and what moves us out of that place of like just being wrapped up in ourselves, sitting in our seat or wherever we are getting out of our comfort zone it is that love for a person yeah because it's not natural it's not to natural us. to yep. just go to a person especially someone we don't know yeah and go and pray for them and go just ask the lord to help them because it's not comfortable it's not you know it's not natural for our nature to want to do that to have love for someone that we completely don't know or have faith for these things but the love really is what motivates each of each of these the um the baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the the deliverance, all of these things. It's the, the love that moves us to do that. And I want to go back to what you said. It's Jesus plus nothing, you know. So uh, whatever we put our faith into other than Christ, is it, it was gonna, it's, there's nothing there. And if, we, if our faith is in, say, one of these principles— and that's what we focus on. You know, this is the one thing. Or if our faith is that these principles doesn't exist. And that's what we're focusing on. That thing, you know, the Lord will allow us to go down that road until we reach the point. You know, we either we'll either realize it or we'll continue. He, you know, he will um, he allows us to experience these things to teach us, you know, it. Uh, uh, he chastises those that he loves, and sometimes his chastisement is allowing us to do things that we ought not to be do. That way, we can see for ourselves. Case in point, I want to. I want to just. Uh, I had deliverance this morning 
from uh, from this very thing that you know I've told y'all a couple of weeks ago I'd been struggling or whatever or this rage and anger and all these things and you know I've been going on with this and I've been confessing it and all these things for I mean it seems like a long time now and every time these thoughts these whatever these things would come I would immediately I would confess and say Lord I don't I said this is what's going on I'm doing these things what you know forgive me you know I, I would come boldly to the throne of grace I was not afraid to come to him because I know he already seen what I've done and what I was thinking and all these things and when I woke up this morning it was just uh, I mean this was <laughs> he told me bitterness and unforgiveness and I didn't know I had that in me because I'm a pretty forgiving guy. You know, I it you know we might argue, and then five minutes later, I've already forgotten, don't even think nothing about it. You know, and uh, but the Lord revealed that to me this morning, and and I had to go through this misery, <laughs> this battle, this storm that I've been in for probably a month now, and I knew He was showing me something, but I didn't know what it was. You know, because I, I knew. Because up to this point, you know, everything, it was just like I was on cloud nine. And I was like, I just want to get even closer. Well, obviously, I had some bitterness and, and unforgiveness in my heart that he had to deal with mm -hmm. so that I could get closer to that point I wanted to be with him. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to give a praise report this morning <laughs> uh, to the Lord for revealing that in me, revealing my bitterness and, un and, and unforgiveness that I had. And uh, so all these things, these principles that we that we get hung up on, distract us from what the Lord is trying to do within us. You know, these things He's trying to show us different things. You know, like I, I'm just going to talk about my experience because this is fresh. You know, uh, for me, I was these thoughts would come in my head, and I mean, I would just get angry, and I would just get you know what I thought that guy was gone. He would just boil up, and I, I mean, I would be like at the point I'm ready to fight, and uh, out of nothing for no reason. I, I just like my my whole body just tense. I'd clench my fists, I'd bite my my teeth, I'd crunch my teeth. I just and I was like, where is this coming from? Why is this? You know, and uh, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't understand it while I was experiencing the thing, but I had been and now you know this morning the Lord finally after the, all this time and all these different scenarios and all this time and I would confess every time you know I, I didn't I didn't you know I, he overcome all that in me you know I'd always confess it immediately but he revealed to me this morning it was bitterness and unforgiveness that I had still in me that was that was what was coming to the surface and all this anger and all this stuff that that's was the surfacing to show me what he wanted out of me and what he was pulling out of me and that's bitterness and forgiveness unforgiveness and this is what we're talking about if if we're if i was too busy focusing on these foundational things the doctrine of baptisms laying on the hands if i was sitting here and i was focusing on those all the time i could not see what the lord is trying to pull out of me is that Am I making but, sense? But do you you have a grip on those? You yeah. don't need to sit here and think about them. Or exactly. You studied them. Yeah. Now somebody who's just born again, they do need a good grip because yeah. these things so are foundational you, principles. Yeah. 
See, now you were talking about having faith into these. Yeah. The only thing it actually tells us to have faith is what? Of faith towards God. God, yeah, and that's but, my point. Yeah. But then the doctrine of ba- baptism is a very important aspect of our Christian life, so we don't leave it. We yeah. don't not do it. And I don't want to count any of these out either. Um, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. These are kind of foundational things. Um, like um, you can find the books, Foundations of the Christian Faith. All right. What's foundation means? The pillars, the principles that we build our faith upon. And so these things are not things we leave. These things that we learn in infancy so that we can use them in adulthood. Yeah. But we can't. It's not. Well, well, hold on a second. I don't want to skip adolescence Mm -hmm. because you don't go from an infant to an adult. You know what I'm saying? You got that adolescence. I'm actually going to challenge this. Yeah. All right. Adolescence is a very new concept. There was no adolescence in the scripture. Okay. Well, but there's a, there's a. uh, There was infancy, childhood, adulthood. Okay. Well, childhood. That's adolescence. But it's not like what we categorize as adolescence is a very new theory. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't mean it that way. I'm um, talking about childish stuff. Because we, we. We associate adolescence in psychology and other things as this time to where we're learning, making mistakes, growing. And I think in that we give Christians permission to make mistakes and be okay with it. Like, well, you're just learning, so it's okay if you make mistakes. And I think adolescence is a dangerous thing to teach. Now, childhood, you just don't know. Hold on a second here. Uh, I want (laughs) to – it is not okay to sin. Never. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to condone it. Shall we continue in sin? God forbid. And I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm saying adolescence carries that stigma. Uh, and I don't. And I don't want to. I yeah. don't want to put that stigma out there. That's not. That's not what I meant by adolescence. But I'm saying there's a period to where you go from a child into maturity. There's a period in between those. You don't just jump from a child to mature. You have to. You have to experience these things. You have to grow into maturity and by growing into maturity you experience these things and these things you know whether it whether you fall into sin and you find grace i don't know if that's your case that was just my case you know everybody's different you know but you grow and there's a growing period there's a stretching there's a uh, like you like i think you talked about yesterday um there was a time you preached this because this is your understanding, and then you've grown from that, and now you realize, hey, I was wrong there. Yeah. I'm preaching this. And that's that's that period I'm talking about there. I'm sorry I used adolescence, no, 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 but no, I just no, meant no. a period between a child and maturity. There, there, that, yeah, there was a, nothing intended to come at you for preaching well, adolescence. I, I, I I, it's, a thing I, it's a thing that I try to say whenever we have these discussions. Yeah. For some reason, too, we think when we we kind of sometimes think like once we go to maturity, well, then I'm mature and I'm done. Like even in maturity, you're still growing. Yeah. Even as even when I come to maturity, there's still things in me that God needs to deal with, and actually, there's probably more things He can deal with me because now I'm mature. Because in childhood, what's really childhood about? Like, if let's be really honest, childhood is about obtaining the tools to live life. Mm-hmm. You're learning the res- you get the resources, you get the tools. Why do you go to school? So you can get the tools to do what you're going to do in life. And so childhood is about learning to have the tools and that's, learning to that's use the, the tools. Foundation. And in adulthood is when you actually start using the tools so you can actually grow and keep maturity. Yeah. Well, an adulthood doesn't mean you're mature. Not at all. I'm just saying. I was 18. That's considered an adult, and I was definitely not mature. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, so, but what, uh, my but yeah, in the faith when we're mature, yeah. I think that's even part of what you're saying, Greg, is yeah. like years ago, the Lord probably wouldn't have been able to reveal that to you. Nope. Because you weren't mature. You you're you weren't in the right mindset, the right framework. You hadn't studied I mean, you study the word you grow in the word more and more yeah. every day. So you weren't to the point where you could receive as well as you can now. Right. It's like now you have a tenderness towards the Lord and you want to receive it. You want to hear yeah. Th- those who have an ear, let them hear what the spirit says. Like you have an ear towards God now, whereas before you were still training your ear and learning yeah. how to hear. Yeah. It's the snowball. It's the snowball. It's the snowball because everything we do in life is building our snowball. Yeah. And it's patience being produced. It's the fruit being produced. It's the um, cutting the rough edges off. All these things are. Is, is it First Timothy or Second Timothy? You know, count all joy when you find yourself in diverse James, temptation. It'd be James. James. Yeah. James, yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry, and I'm de- I'm terrible with addresses. Me too. But it, it says let let patience. Hannah's like yeah. Let patience. She just pat herself on the back, guys. Hey. You couldn't see it, but <laughs> good, good job, Hannah. Good job, Hannah. <laughs> but let patience have its perfect work in you. You know, so like I said, this has been this battle that I've been in has been going on for I don't even know how long now. You know, I didn't let the battle consume me. You know, I didn't it didn't the battle did not consume me. But it, it you know, like I said, when when it got to that boiling point, I confessed it immediately and said, Lord, you know, because he but does it, know. Here's your your I think to me, you're walking the example. He's Hebrew six is telling us like. So here, like even what Hannah was just saying, um, you were able to use the tools yeah. that you learned in your foundation to keep walking in maturity yeah, and keep going. Well, I'm not for sure if, I can't say that that, yeah, the So the Where did tool, you learn about repentance and confession? That was not at the foundation. That, uh, that, that repentance and, and, uh, and actually learning of that come later on because yeah i got forgiveness for my sins but i still didn't understand grace until i had to experience some grace Mm -hmm. and then then he started revealing to me what grace is and it's not me going out and doing what i want to do and he's going to forgive me that's not it at all it's me living for him making a mistake and confessing my mistake to him and he's faithful and just to forgive me you know, I I didn't always have that. That wasn't that wasn't off the get go for me. It took uh, I would say if we was uh, building a wall, that was about on the sixth or eighth course high. <laughs> of course, is each layer of block for any block layers that they don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But you know, it it took that come later in the wall that's being built. You know, and the you know after the foundation. So that's and that's my point about there's a there's a space between childhood and maturity you know and and we learn you know it's, it's just we learn I, I don't know what it's saying yeah. we learn but we never but when we move on like you know it's not a forgetting those things nope we take them with us but we can't continue to always hark on and that's really probably one of the biggest indictments against the church in america right now when it comes to teaching and preaching is we have to give people milk because nobody's ready for the meat yeah. And the ones that are ready for the meat are called cultish, excessive, or you're well, just too radical. 
the thing about it is, the Lord should be the one delivering through us. And the Lord knows like he could he could give us a word that is milk to some people and a T-bone to somebody else because that's how the Lord works. And it's never us that does anything. It's always the Lord working through us. You know, so if we have a good word, uh, that that is from the Lord, and he's the one who is providing that word. You know, it says, uh, and these will you do if the Lord permits it. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. You know, we, like, uh, go back to the uh, instruments. You know, we're just instruments that God picks up and uses. But the reason it's a T-bone to some and a milk to others is because the T-bone is appetizing for those who are in the foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so often the church only stays in the foundation. And so they're they're feasting on T-bones, but the people who are looking for a T-bone are only getting milk. Like this is where we're at as a church is, and we've got to figure out a way, and, and I talk about this. That's one of the difficulties of preaching on Sunday morning and really preaching. Like it's easy to just sit there and go, everybody needs to get saved, okay? But whenever you're trying to equip the church, like when you're trying to equip the church, because that's what the responsibility of Sunday morning teaching is. You're equipping the church. Well, let me say this. Don't put that responsibility on yourself. But You know what I'm saying? Don't carry the burden like, like say, because I, I understand what you're saying because you're a pastor and you've got a role, you got to do this. But don't put that burden on yourself. But to, I think we like every time we say, I've got to do this, yeah. it doesn't mean that we're saying, I have to do this. Right, like, right, I think right. that's. I think we have I to clarify it. that. Because like, okay. yeah. I understand, we even talked about this last night. Yeah. All gifts are given by God. You don't I, earn I, them. I just feel like that would be very well, heavy to do. I feel do, like sometimes you know? like, yeah. like maybe there's a defensiveness of like, no, the Lord's doing this. Like, and I don't want to have like this false humility. God's gifted us. Yeah. So I know I can talk. <laughs> I don't know if I talk well, but I can talk. And, I know you can talk. All right. And so when I get up there, I know it's not like God's given me this gift. Yeah. But it's my responsibility to use the gift. To use it. Yeah. That is my responsibility. I give you this talent. Don't go bury it. I re- it's my responsibility to, yeah, to own it, to, to pray about it, to pray into it. Yeah. But it's my responsibility he's given me to teach. Yeah. And so when I go up there, we have to find a way to teach every single person yeah. and give the people needing milk, milk, but giving the people that needs T-bones, T-bones. That's incredibly, I'm never saying that's yeah. not easy. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's not hard or anything like that. But I think the thing is like, there does come a time where the church in general needs to start being Bereans. Yeah. And like what you need on Sunday morning is different now than what you needed on Sunday morning in your beginning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes, sir. Yep. Because you become a brand. You go <laughs> yep. home and study. Yep. And and whenever that starts to happen, now you're starting to leave the discussion of the elementary things. Now yep. you're saying, give me more. Yeah. Like, OK, baptism's great. Yeah. He's saying to grow and move forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm reminded back to uh, the Old Testament. But we got to go. We, OK, go it, but go. hold that because this is my heartbreak and I'm over. Go ahead. Um, let's read the first second trivia question for the day and then we'll come back here. Thursday, question number two, sponsored by Higdon Land Surveying. Why was John baptizing in Aeon, or Aeon, how do you how do you say A-E-N-O-N? I would say Aeon. Is that right, Hannah? A-E-N-O-N? Good luck with this trivia question. We can't even yeah. read it. Aeon, Aeon, A-E-N-O-N, near to Salem. Salem. Yeah. All right, uh, again, why was John baptizing in Aeon, or A-E-N-O-N, near to 
Salem. All right, 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Okay, we are back here on this November 16th, 2023. We had an answer come in pretty much right after we got off the air. Miss Mary Vincent, uh, she's feeling better and uh, got to see her from the van the other day. And she looks to be doing really good. She had um, had some, uh, I think, a broken shoulder maybe. I can't remember oh, how that worked. Um, but it was, um, we were definitely praying for her. I can't remember all that she had done to her. She had fell in the night and, um, really hurt herself. And she's, I think about to ready to go through therapy. And, um, just, um, it was a joy to hear from her this morning though. She got that answer right though. And there was, they were baptizing in A-E-N-O-N. I'm surprised anybody got anything out of that uh, question. <laughs> because there was much water there. Yeah. The, the tricky thing is the back-to-back vowels. Yeah. Like you don't always know how to pronunciate when there's back-to-back. Well, I mean, your name has a back-to-back vowel, don't it? Aaron? Yeah, but a lot of people mispronounce it. Usually when... Is it not Aaron? They misspell it. Oh. Because they only say A-Ron. If I had a dollar for every time somebody spelled my name A-R-O-N instead of A-A-R-O-N, or spell it like the girls, E-R-I-N. I mean, I would rather you spell Aaron than Aaron, like <laughs> as a girl's name. But go, go ahead. Go ahead. That's kind of sad though, because I feel like that's just something you learn, like when you're spelling. <laughs> I just feel like they don't teach spelling anymore. But usually, A E makes the sound of E. E. So it could A-on. be A-on. A A non. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's what I called it, A non. Because N N would be too hard. Would your to say. Would your E be silent in that case? Um. A. Well, A-non. I think I think it's just the A and the E together. Like you know, the insurance uh, Etna. It's A E. Etna's not spelled A. Sure. Etna spelled A N J L T E. I think A N A. I don't know. I know it's not A. I don't. Know. I know all Is the, it E A. Both I, y'all over my head. I don't yeah. know how to spell anything. But you know, I can spell my name J L or J J L in the Bible. J A E. Yeah. It's either. It's usually when it's A and the E. You usually A. Eh or eh. Yeah. Etna is A-N-E-T-A. I didn't think it was A-E. A-N? A-N-E-T-A. Etna. Because the E is almost silent there. Oh, I might be thinking of a different Um, word. That's the hard part. That's like when I look at that, that's that's what I'm sitting here trying to think. Okay, how would this pronunciate there with the back-to-back vowel? Anyways, sure. good this, job, isn't, Mary. this isn't grammar. Good, <laughs> good job, job, Mary. Miss <laughs> Mary, you Mary. rocked it. How did she say it? Kind of like me. She goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know the word. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. I'm if if Miss. I'm gonna go ask Miss Jerry. Yeah. I'll ask Miss Jerry after the broadcast today. How do I say this word, Miss Jerry? Well, so getting back to what we was talking about, what I was about to say for the break was, you know, we're talking about moving forward mm-hmm. and not, uh, you know, not laying again the foundation. And I was remember uh, in the Old Testament before, before they went to Egypt. You know, they, God's people moved. They, 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 they didn't have cities. They didn't have buildings. They had tents and God moved them. They, you know, they was herders. They, you know, and, and I think that's something that we can look at that God doesn't want us to stay in one place. He's always wanting us to move forward. Hold on, hold on. Let's, let's dive more into this. Yeah. They only was moving because they didn't trust God. He wanted them to move them. He wanted to move them into the promised land and establish them immediately. 
Oh, no, 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 no. Before they went to Egypt. Before they went to Egypt. Yeah, before okay. they went okay. to Egypt. Before bondage. Right, before right. bondage, they were free. They they were you know, free. And they, and, they were, and not only were they free, they was they they was so prosperous that Abraham and Lot had to they had to hey, if you go east, I'll go whatever, you know, we we we're so prosperous, we just got to move away, you know. And they were free because they were not bound by city walls. They wasn't bound by city gates. They distrusted and followed the Lord. That's what they did up until the point where Joseph was sold into slavery. And then they allowed their blessing to become their bondage. They never left Egypt after that point. They didn't have to stay there until they stayed there too long and they become prisoners. And I think that's a lesson from the Lord or I know that's a lesson from the Lord. That's what he showed me because we can get caught up in the blessings of the Lord and we stay there and they, that blessing becomes our bondage the same way Egypt did. Yeah, but then once he establishes you, you're not supposed to be moving around everywhere because his goal was to get them to the canon. Even even before they went into the bondage, the whole goal was he's giving them a land. He's giving them a land. It just took them all that time to get to the land. Well, however you you want to say it, I'm just saying that the Lord doesn't you. want us to stay in one place. He wants us to continue to grow, continue to move forward. He wants us to yep. be planted and grow there. Yeah, planted well, in Him. Planted and grow yep. in Him, because, yep. but I mean, because I do agree with you. Egypt yep. became bondage because yep. you know why? Egypt was never the promise. Yep. Egypt was never the promise. No, it and was they, just a blessing to get them through a drought that they was in. They, stayed, they stayed in their there. deliverance, but yep. never went on to their promise. Yep. And I think that's a word for today. Yep. Because, and even in the deliverance ministry, and I mean, I've done those eight, nine weeks, and we may visit some more eventually, but if you're just delivered. Like if you're just saved and you're just sitting there. Yep. You know, I've been born again. I'm better than I used to be, and that's all I'm going to be. Well, then you're you're falling into bondage yeah you know there's more the who the son sets free is free indeed he gives it stagnant is a good word maybe instead of staying the same place because he wants us to be in a place with him Mm -hmm. like he's the place that he wants us to stay yeah with him always but he wants us not to be stagnant yeah where if he gives us a land to steward he doesn't want us to be stagnant and not growing and just sitting there yeah um in deliverance ministry like if one thing we're not careful, this is this is one thing I actually really loved about what Jason said two weeks ago. A lot of times we're set free, and then we stay there. We never made whole. Yeah. And so like these leopards, they were clean. They were set free from the disease, and they were just gonna go tell everybody about being set free. But then one had the revelation. Hold on, I'm gonna give God thanks, and yeah. he went back and he was made whole. Now, what that made whole was, that can be up for grabs. But at the end of the day, there was one that wasn't willing just to go tell everybody about their being made clean. They wanted to go back to Jesus and be made whole. Yeah. And. Well, would you not see that with being filled with the Spirit? How it says. Yeah, I think you could that do the house that. The clean but not filled. I think mm-hmm. you can do that in a lot of different ways. Yeah. We just can't stop at being delivered. Yeah. We've got to be filled. And we've got to fill the house. And we've got to. And be in. We've got to grow and because whenever I was delivered, I was definitely not clean. You know, I was washed in the blood, and I was born again. But there's still a lot of things in there that the Lord had to go in and scrub out of there. 
and the scrubbing hurts. <laughs> and we're I think you use like too. a wire brush sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you well, know, you to get some. I was set apart. Still. Yeah, I was set apart. Yep. Yeah. But like Egypt, they were delivered from the famine, mm-hmm. but they stayed in the comfortness of being delivered. Yeah. Because then they never had to grow up themselves. Yeah. And, and so this is where one conversation that has to like happen is like, you know, this is the, the foundational thing. This is the, yeah. the promise was never Egypt. The promise was always Canaan. Yeah. I'm taking you to Canaan. Now, when they left Egypt, they wondered because of their disobedience and their un- lack of faith. Yeah. That's why they had to wonder so long between, between the deliverance and the promise. They got stuck because they had no faith. And that faith, that lack of faith just didn't mes- manifest in the desert. That lack of faith actually manifested in Egypt. Yeah. Because they didn't trust God to leave. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I was thinking again, you know, he told Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And the nation was formed in Egypt in bondage. Yeah. If, if you really think about it, the it's ten like God had it all figured out. The it's ten weird. plagues were as much about showing Israel who he was as it was showing Egypt who he was. Yep. I agree. Because the Israelites, hold on, hold on. We can't leave. Yeah. We can't. Because they were struggling. Yeah. They were struggling before they even got to the like, desert. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to, you know, yeah. where, where are we going to live? Yeah. Where are we going to eat? Yeah. And Life then the, the Lord did all this stuff. Like, if I saw locusts come like locusts came, if I saw frogs come like frogs came, if I seen the firstborn of ever Egyptian die and the Lord doing this, and I seen Moses, his staff turning into snakes, and I seen all these things take place and the water turned into blood, and I get out to the wilderness, and then like, oh my gosh, I'm thirsty. I'm going back. Yeah. Or, or in the wilderness, you're being led by fire at night. I and mean, a pillar. And a pillar of fire by night. So a big fire tornado is what I got yeah. pictured in my and head. And a cloud by day. And then a big, you know, cloud by day. And you're following this thing, and knowing that the Lord is taking it. dropping from heaven. And and then whenever the uh, you get to the Red Sea and it parts and you walk across that, I just, I mean, you know, but it's easy for us to look back and say that. But now let's. let's That's what I was going to say. Let's look at that in our real life now. Look at all the things that the Lord has brought us through. And then the very next thing that comes up, oh, what am I going to do? You know, if we could just have faith. Even when we don't see where this bill is going to be paid or where this is that or whatever, uh, you know, even when we don't see it, just trust that the Lord, he didn't bring you this far to, to leave you. Yep. And that's when we're starting to be determined and influenced by our externals more than our faith. Not yeah. only that, though, but I think we we look at it and because we're looking back at that and we don't see anything like that today usually (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, i've never seen any of those things in the physical yeah but we're like whoa that was so cool like how did how were they not like just amazed but if you really think about it it wasn't easy even like even accepting those miracles and living through those miracles because walking through a parted red sea like and having them like behind them like that was an amazing miracle and i would have been like mesmerized i think but it still they could have been wrapped up in fear. Yeah. Like, is this thing going to close? Like what's going to happen? Or when they were having to rely on even just being in the wilderness, that's not comfortable being in the wilderness. Even if the Lord is providing things for him, like it's not comfortable living in the wilderness. Yep. So they weren't, even though God was providing for them and it was amazing, they were probably 
not focusing on that because they were still focusing on Their I'm not comfortable right now. I'm not comfortable but, right now. Yeah. This is that I love how you said this. I love how you said that because there was supposed to be a 11 day period of wilderness. Who turned it into 40 years? The people. The, the people. And oh, go ahead. Well, I think that's what happens. Sometimes I think we sit back and blame God for the wilderness. Lord just got me in the wilderness. Maybe you were supposed to be in the wilderness for a couple of days, but the reason you've been there for 13 years murmuring and complaining. is because you're murmuring, complaining, your lack of faith, you didn't trust God, and you put your... And I think sometimes we got to put the blame off of God for a second. I think we should always not blame God. <laughs> That's never a good thing. Never and, blame God. And That's, say, okay, yeah. hold on. You know, well, here's the thing. Like, I think that it was God who put them in there, they were going to have to go through the wilderness to journey out. They had to. There was no, the 11-day the trip from Egypt to Canaan did go through the wilderness. Yep. So the Lord put them in the wilderness for a for a reason at that point. There was a reason that he had. they had to transition through the wilderness. To get rid of their doubt Because there's a transition. Yep. From going from mountain to mountain, you go through a valley first. Yep. And so often in these valleys, there's nutrients, there's things you got to get. Sometimes there's dry, there's, sometimes there's desert. There's all these things, but... This desert was only be a transitional thing. They made it a home for 40 years because of their unbelief. And so at that point, you can say, well, the Lord had us in the desert for 11 days because he needed a transition to build something. That's what James is saying. Count it all joy when you face trials and tribulations because they're going to produce patience in you. Mm-hmm. But every time you're in a trial situation, it may not be the Lord producing patience in you. It may be not. Maybe your free will got you there and it's God's grace. He's going to get you out. And you can, we can talk about the sovereignty and talk yeah. about how God uses your issues and your situations. We've talked about that. Yes, yeah. I believe that. But not every time you're in a trial or tribulation, it was like, it's Self. just God's will. Yes, I'm here. Maybe you made a decision. Yeah. And there is times we have to take responsibility. Well, it, was, it was on them anyways because they, they first put themselves in captivity by staying in their blessing before. And then when yeah. they got they stay too free, long. they did it again. But the if you even go back though the original if I think if 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 you had like now we can't say if you had God's way because God's way was done but Egypt was only supposed to be a temporal thing it was God's deliverance mm-hmm. like God set all that up with Joseph so that he could get to Israel become second in charge so then he could get his father and brothers into Egypt and save them from the famine Israel was never supposed to stay there. So even if they kept moving into the promised land, there still would have been that transitional desert piece. Because it was always God's intent for them to travel that path. The reason it took 500 years plus another 40 is them. Yeah. That's it. Well, and it didn't it happen. They repeated themselves. Like, they repeated what they did. They didn't learn from the first time. And, they, they just and continued what I, doing and, it again and again and yeah. again. And again, you know, we read this as a history of what they went through, but... There's these situations in our own life, you know, a Red Sea situation where just you're you're at this point and you don't see no way out. You don't understand how you got or why, you know, the, I don't know what this looks like. Everybody's got their different Red Sea moments. But the Lord shows up and he gives you, walks you across on dry ground and whatever that thing was that you was afraid of is taken away by the sea you know there's times in our life that we go through these things you know and and 
we read these historical accounts of his people back then, these are for us to learn spiritual for our today walk because the battle is not carnal. You know, our weapons are not carnal. It's spiritual. It's our bodies, our carnal things is temporal. Our spirit, man, is eternal. And that's what lasts, that's what's going to last forever. And that's the thing that he's trying to get us to. It's time that we worship God in spirit and in truth, not in flesh and, and, and works. And so all these things that we do, I mean, just, just think about it in, in your own life out there. Think about a Red Sea moment that the Lord has delivered you from, or if you're in one, you know, just think what he done for them. You don't understand it. You don't know. But he just believed that he will pull you through and the doors will be opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do think you have to add something in there. If there's something necessary to repent of, if you're in a Red Sea mm-hmm. and you're the one that got yourself in the wilderness, then there needs a repentance out of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to be real. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the foundational stuff. Yeah. You, we, like we that's the foundational gotta, snowball. Yeah. You got to get already. through that foundation. You uh, got to you got to be yeah. through the foundation. Uh, stuff. To get to that point, to realize that, that that you realize and you see this Red Sea moment. The I would say the repentant parts already established in you for, for, to notice, to to have the ear to hear or have the eyes to see. This is a Red Sea moment. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I guess that's the teacher in me coming out because yeah. i've learned to take nothing for assumption yeah I'm uh, with you. Yep. is is just make sure we clarify distinctives everything because i think sometimes we great take for granted people know stuff they don't know yep and um and so i just like to bring clarification plus i i want to be cautious always because i live this i saw you you've given your personal testimony i'll give mine i've lived it to where i treated god like a sugar daddy that i just pull stuff out like <laughs> I get myself in this jam, and you're getting me out. You take care of me. Do what yeah, you want. that's not how yeah. that works. And I had to learn the hard way. That's not how it works. Oh, you and learn. He, he teaches you pretty quick, don't he? Oh, he taught me real quick when I was young. <laughs> and honestly, it was kind of like that, that pastor I brought up earlier that I got so mad at because I thought I was the next it thing, and I thought he was kind of older and washed up kind of deal. And, um, and I learned. Like, the Lord yeah. learned. I'm not a genie in a bottle. You don't just come and rub me, and I come out and grant your wishes. There's a way to do things. There's a there's a method to this. There's an order to this, and it's our responsibility. This is what we do. We are to what study to show ourselves approved. Yeah. That's a that's a that's that's pretty much a commandment in scripture. Study to show yourself approved. And and I wasn't studying. I was just going around preaching. Yeah, that, that pride that that pride. It's a tough one. You know that was that was one of the one of the things that the Lord. It took a while to for me to realize just how prideful I was, you know, and uh, and I guess that's what you're describing. Yeah, I mean, I'm still yeah. learning today. Like yeah. I, I repented yeah. openly in front of the church last night. Still pride in me, and yeah, and and I used the illustration of like it's easier for me. I'm a perfectionist about some things, mm-hmm. and it's easier for me to do it myself than have somebody else do it. Yeah. But you know what that is? Pride. That's pride. Yeah, and you know, it's come boldly through the throne of grace man that's new revelation for me in this walk in this last you know it says don't be afraid to come and tell me you know come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy so the throne of grace is you're asking for forgiveness come boldly to the throne of grace 
Don't be afraid of me. Come and tell me what you did. Because like so many verses before that, he says, I already know what you've done. He's already seen you. You know, you didn't do it without him knowing you. He says, don't be afraid to tell me what you've done. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of me. Come and tell me. I'm faithful yep. and just to forgive you of your sins, but you have to confess it. You have to have that contrite spirit. That means a, a repentant. You know, you actually feel sorry and you that you've hurt the Lord. You know, you have to have that sure. the true uh, spirit of repentance. You know, that contrite heart. That you know, that heart. It's it's a, a hurting heart for something you have done it's, wrong. It's not yep. that you broke rules. It's that you broke your dad's heart. Yeah. That yeah. you that you sinned against God. I yeah. mean, that's forget the rules. You sinned against your father. That's what it, it comes down between you and him and your experience with him. Yeah. That's what that's how David was. As much as David messed up, like you said yesterday, Anna. I mean, David's cool, but I don't think I can hang out with David. You know, what I'm <laughs> you know, he's probably not a guy I could deal with. But in all of his failures, you know, his heart. It, it it really did hurt his heart that he sinned against God. And I, I know it's it's hard for the flesh to comprehend that because he's like, well, he's just sinning and getting away with it. I, no, I, I think, can see that. Like, but, he was a worshiper, so I think I could worship yeah. with him. I think, it, But if I was with him every step of the, of the way, like if I was a close person in his life, like his friend or the, the oh prophet. No. Here we go again. The prophet <laughs> with that David. was with by his side all the time. I think I would struggle yes. if I had to be by his side all the time because yeah. I would be like, okay, you're doing this, but then you're, but it would be hard for me. It would be hard. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break here. Um, we're going to play a song real fast and get Miss Melanie settled here. We're going to talk some more about Operation Christmas Child and how God uses that. And I love it. Um, and so we're going to be back here in a, after this break on Warrens of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Welcome back in on this November 16th, 2023. What a day. What a day. What a glorious day. One week away from the turkey. Can't wait for that. Right around the corner. I can't wait. One week from the turkey. Turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese. And we have come to a conclusion, right, Greg? Cookies must be added this year. Cookies. I love the ham. Well, you can, you can have the ham. I'll take the turkey. <laughs> I'll take the turkey, all right? All right, we got Miss Melanie in the house. She's in here. We're going to talk about some Operation Christmas Child. How are you doing, Miss Melanie? I'm great. How are you? Doing fantastic. It's a great day to be alive. Yes, it is. Amen. I'd rather be here than any hospital in the world. That's what I used to have a pastor say that all the time. I was like, (laughs) well, it's true. All right. (laughs) So uh, let's let's start out maybe just introducing yourself to the people that may not know you. Tell a little bit about yourself, Miss Melanie. Okay. Well, I just moved here in February, and um, I started attending Bethel then, and it's just been a great blessing in my life. I love being here, but I'm married. Uh, my husband is Tommy, and I've got four children, three boys and a girl, and three grandchildren, and one on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That's exciting. What is the? Do you know which, what it, what's on the way yet? What is it a boy or girl? It's a girl. It's a oh, girl. Yeah. So that'll make one boy and three girls. So you kind of flip flop this a little bit. Three <laughs> boys, one girl, three girls, one boy. Yep, yep. So that's good. Uh, uh, congratulations. That's so you. exciting. Um, and so let's get right into Operation Christmas Child. If somebody has not heard about Operation Christmas Child, 
What is it? Okay, so Operation Christmas Child, it's a project of Samaritan's Purse, and Samaritan's Purse is the international Christian relief organization that was started by Franklin Graham, which is Billy Graham's son. And Operation Christmas Child collects shoeboxes that are filled with gifts, and they deliver them to children in need all over the world to show them in a real tangible way that God loves them. For many of these children, it is actually the first gift they've ever received. Mm -hmm. And for this, that's kind of hard to imagine because our culture is so gift-oriented and our children receive so many gifts from us. So it's kind of sad to think about the fact that these children have never received anything special uh, gift-wise before, a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in our culture, our kids are receiving gifts before they're even born. Yes. We have baby showers where our kids get gifts, get gifts to <laughs> yes. sleep in, get gifts to wear, get gifts to wear. I mean, to, to eat, like all these things. They're getting yes. gifts before because we are a gift-oriented culture. Yes. Now, to bring context to this, like a lot of these boxes are going to areas that are considered more third world. That is correct. So Africa, um, there would be some going to India, I'm sure, parts. there. Um, would they go to Honduras in some areas? Yes. Yeah, and I even saw Liberia on the list, which, you know, we had someone from our congregation that received one from Liberia. Yep, and it cha- so it really cool. influenced them. Yep. But being firsthand, getting to be in some of these third world countries, it's different. And I don't, have you have you been to a third world country yet, Miss Melanie? So uh, you, yes, I've been to Honduras and Belize and some of those Caribbean yeah. countries. So you know what I'm talking about. Like in Africa there, you know, we think of toys like if you don't have a toy, you can go to Goodwill and buy a toy for your kid for 25 cents. Yes. You can. Like you can go anywhere. If your kid don't have a toy, you can come to the rim store. He'll give you a toy. All right? Like we'll get you a toy. Mm-hmm. There is not toys. Right. You know, there, it's, not a, it's not a thing. Like these kids are finding empty water bottles that they didn't drink out of. They just got them out of the trash can because the only ones that really drink water bottles over there are tourists because they can't drink the actual water. So if a tourist throws away a water bottle, these kids will go take that water bottle and they'll stick a like a stick through it and then they'll put rocks or something somehow like they they'll they'll figure out a way to attach things together and that water bottle will become their toy. Yes. And if you look at the pictures of these children receiving the shoeboxes in these third world countries, you'll see there are no stores. You know, they can't just go buy something for their children. In a lot of areas there isn't. And so just a simple toothbrush or anything like that, it's a big deal. And What just, about slingshots or pocket knives or anything? I don't know if those are permissible. You know, if they're going somewhere somewhere, I want to give a kid something he can get him something to eat with. So I don't know. <laughs> you just have to carry those on your carry-on. I, I mean, your, your check-in bag, okay? I don't yeah. even, <laughs> don't put those in the carry-on, Greg. <laughs> I, was talking about, I was talking about for the gift, to give, you know. You just when, when you get over there now there is there is very um like nairobi mm-hmm. nairobi itself is very civilized and like what we would call civilized like in the sense of not proper and all this i'm just talking like stores and malls mm-hmm. and there's opportunities there to buy stuff what these are going to are the remote village spots the yeah. more poor towns the places that don't have anything um, yes so that's that's kind of what i was saying about you know give them a pocket knife or a 
slingshots up where they can pick up a rock and do their thing that they Look, need to, you go to africa you know. go to go to africa yeah. stop by there we pick up a whole bag full of those and just distribute them <laughs> yeah. just not in the samaritan purse box oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah don't do that i'm sorry i, I apologize it's it's a, no, it's, don't do that audience uh um, but you I'm know in the teasing. congo like when we was in the congo you go there the government like has these houses that are huge they had their mercedes benz in front of their houses they had all this and then you go right down the street to where people's living. There's mud huts. There's babies that are literally starving to death. There's people that are struggling. And and those are the people that a lot of times these boxes are going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, how long has Samaritan Purse been doing this? Well, they started in 1993. So this year is actually the 30th anniversary for them of handing out these Operation Christmas Child boxes. And uh, they say that this is the world's largest Christmas project of its kind. So Until Greg been... does his pocket knife thing. No, no. <laughs> don't put a pocket knife in there. Don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. You're going to start hey, I a like whole new. Slingshot, though. Yeah. yeah. I, no, you're not doing just, Samaritan purse. You're making your own. My thing was, I was just thinking about their situation, you know, yes. and, no. and uh, I was just trying to give, you know. Well, I, it is a good point. Yeah. A Samaritan's Purse actually has a gift catalog where you can gift chickens and goats and yeah. uh-huh. different wow. things that help yeah. the communities to thrive yeah. and wells and structures, you know, everything you can think of that they might need. Yeah. You can Do you yeah. find those. that online, like on their website? I have have it in the mail i get them from them but gotcha. i bet they do have that online yeah that's yeah that's, that's awesome like a goat yes. one goat can really change their life yes because it gives cheese milk dairy i mean you can do so much stuff with a goat yeah. right and eventually they'll eat the goat but you know on down the road after they mm-hmm. get every all the dairy they want from it but a goat for us like we think well, that's a goat like honestly if you do the equivalents the goat's probably not pretty high no, you can buy chickens and goats for, I don't remember the amount, but it's low, like $25 or something. For a goat, yeah. Yeah. Because we're talking pennies on the dollar in, yeah. in yes. exchange. Right. And so, um, you know, now I think it's risen a little bit because inflation is worldwide. It's, yeah. Everything has gone up. But mm-hmm. um, I know just a few years ago, you could feed a family of four in Africa for like $25 a month. That's the whole month. You could feed a family of four for $25 a month. Yeah. You know, and the one thing, talk to the listeners about the the assurance of, of whenever you do this, because there's always a stigma. Well, it's how much are they actually getting, you know, whenever I give or this or that, you know, and, and, you know, a giving heart shouldn't worry about that. It should just give, you know, and all that. But so, well, I guess this here is just a shoebox. They're going to get all of the shoebox. But right. as they're on these other ones, you know, uh, uh, this, uh, what all are you are you just here to talk about the shoebox gifts, or are you promoting the others' uh, avenues of giving as well? Today we were just talking about Operation Christmas Child. Okay. Samaritan's Purse is a wonderful yep. organization that gives so much through natural disasters yeah. and into poor communities. And um, Operation Christmas Child is a great project of theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Samaritan's Purse is huge. It is. Okay. It's a huge organization. And it's one of the organizations that are probably has one of the highest ratings for mm-hmm. actually what yeah. you give going. Because I'm not going to call other names out because I, yeah. I don't. I'm, that's not what I'm into. But yeah. there's some other nonprofits like this that 
Make it's a only like maybe six cents six cents out of every dollar is actually going to the charity mm-hmm. yeah. of what you're actually paying into. It's like everything yeah. else is going to the operational funds, the yeah. CEOs. and Yeah, this is not like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and because they're so well-respected, they get access to countries that a lot of organizations would not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just well-known for their humanitarian aid, and did, they have Did you already access. say how many countries? Do you, ha- do you remember it? How many countries that these boxes go to? Yes, they have. Uh, they go to over 170 countries. Wow. 170. Yeah. Oh, they go more countries, and I got dollars in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how would a church or school get started with collecting Operation Christmas Child boxes? So, Samaritan's Purse has a lot of free, re- re- excuse me, resources on their website for organizations that want to do a collection event. And they will actually mail you free DVDs, posters, uh, bulletin inserts, or newsletter inserts for your organization, and different flyers on how to build a shoebox. They have these really neat labels with QR codes, and you can actually track your shoebox all the way to its final destination. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's pretty yeah. neat. That's, I, I was that hoping you'd mention that because yeah. I was making sure to tell you know the kids that we had pack boxes here at the school I just think, you know, that is such a cool thing for them to be able to do as kids. To track their box, see where their box is going to, keep up with it, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty neat. And um, you can also download off their website a lot of resources, too, like shoebox gift suggestion sheets for boys or girls, whatever you're packing your box for. And they also have shoeboxes that you can purchase that are – you can purchase either cardboard or plastic – and the neat thing about the plastic boxes they is they say it. these kids use them to carry water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they have a, an extra purpose. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what I was thinking in these third world countries, you know, to give them, you know, in these shoe boxes using the plastic ones. That mm-hmm. way they could use it for who knows what. You know, I mean, yeah. I, we're so blessed here. We don't, we can't, it, it's not first thing to us to think of to use this as something other than, you know, a box. Yeah. 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 But you also got to remember over there, and this is, I mean, this is no exaggeration because a lot of stuff I got the privilege to see firsthand. They're walking sometimes an hour or two to get water. Yeah. And these are not the adults. Yeah. yeah. I seen four and five-year-olds at 10 o'clock at night walking to the jungle to get water. And I seen, sometimes you would see, um, it's not it's not uncommon for five-year-old kids to actually watch the babies mm. and take care of them why everybody else is going to go get so just anything that they can do to get help in a lot of these areas is very essential so um is it too late to pack a screw box no it's not Um, they actually can drop those off at any drop-off location through november 20th we're actually in the national drop-off or collection week right now so on their website, you can find, you can put in your zip code and you can find what drop-off locations are near you. And in our local area, we have drop-off locations in Breckenridge and Grayson counties and all the surrounding counties. So it's um, pretty easy to find a place to drop off and you can do that through the yeah. 20th. And so if somebody's sitting here going, I think I want to do a shoebox. Now, the one thing we haven't, I haven't heard us say yet, and I think it's very essential, is these shoeboxes are not just gifts they actually have the greatest gift of all and that's yes. the gospel yeah that to me is the most exciting thing about operation christmas child um, in 
let's see, 2009, they started the gospel component of this where all the children get a book called The Greatest Gift in their shoebox, and it tells them the message of their salvation through Jesus Christ, and that book, The Greatest Gift, is printed in over a hundred languages. That was my next question. I was wondering, how do they read it if, yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, that to me is the neatest thing, and then once they get that gift, the greatest gift book, um, there are local churches that partner with Samaritan's Purse to distribute these boxes, you know, all over into the remote villages. And the children are invited to participate in a 12 lesson discipleship course called The Greatest Journey. And in that class, they learn what it means to faithfully follow Christ and how to share their faith with other people, including their own families. And it's beyond the child, because when they have their little graduation ceremony, all their friends and family are invited. And at that graduation, they share the gospel with everybody that's there. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty neat. And then the children receive a New Testament at their graduation, and then they're seeing communities changed where Wow. Not only the children, but their parents and their communities are giving their life to Christ. So you really can evangelize the world through this simple little gift of a shoebox. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. Yeah. And again, those numbers of how many kids have gone through the program, do you know? Yes. Uh, those statistics are on the Samaritan's Purse website. Uh, they say since 2009, over 35.4 million children have participated in that discipleship course. And of those, two point, or excuse me, 24.9 million have graduated from the class, and they've documented 17.4 million children that have given their life to Christ. But you have to multiply that because the gospel message goes out to their families, their families. Yeah. and their yeah. communities. And like I said, they're seeing whole communities learn about Jesus and give their lives to him. Yeah. So this shoebox, now people's interested. A way to evangelize, a way to help, a way to do this. How much does it cost? So there's a couple different ways you can do the shoeboxes. You can pack one online and just do everything there. They have gifts on their website that you can select that you want to go into your shoebox. And you can select um, the gender and the age of the child that you want to give to. That costs $25. Do they have pocket knives there? (laughs) No pocket knives on the website. (laughs) And then um, when I pack shoeboxes, I usually spend about $25. You can yeah. spend less, but I like to shove them as full yeah. as they will get. <laughs> My boxes yeah. are always bulging. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing a group project where you're buying things in bulk, like we just did with the school, you can actually pack a shoebox for $10 or less. Um, well, uh, so the contents that's actually in there, so you they have a list of of options mm-hmm. to put in. So, like, I can't just go build a shoebox and send it to somebody. I, personally, I've, I've got to go through this website to do no, this. No, you can pack them on your own. So you can take yeah. any plastic container. Okay. You know, when I do them on my own, is I there, usually go to Dollar Tree and get those plastic containers. They, they have, like, size? categories is, yeah, that, so, that they suggest, but you can get anything in those categories. Okay, so yeah. what size are we talking about? Just like, like Kind of a standard shoebox. Si- um, okay. I do like the Operation Christmas. 
Christmas child shoe boxes because they're big and yeah. I can fit more stuff in okay. them. Okay. Um, but you will typically what people pack is hygiene items because these children do not have hygiene items Mm -hmm. and so you can pack a comb or a brush or a toothbrush Uh, we a lot of times send washcloths and a bar of soap you can't do anything liquid so we send bars of soap and uh, i've even heard people talk about eating utensils like the kids get so excited to receive a fork or a spoon and you can buy those little Camping. Swiss Army knife, what yeah. I'm telling you, that's what they need. Put that thing in there. Camping spoons at Walmart, you know, <laughs> that are a fork yeah. on one side and a spoon on the other oh, side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Is that called a spork? A spork. Yeah. 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 So I've heard those are really exciting to them. Um, and a lot of that stuff they probably don't have. So yeah. the hygiene items I always pack. And then I always put school supplies into that's, you know, one of the major categories. So I always give crayons or colored pencils uh, plus school pencils and erasers and then if you're going to pack pencils you want to give them a pencil sharpener because they probably don't have a pencil sharpener so those kind of go together and then we put bags in there like a drawstring bag and they can carry food and stuff in that too if they needed to yes and supplies yeah we put little pencil bags in there that they could put all the school supplies in and that's the neat thing about a big packing event because we got those backpacks, a hundred of them, for like $65. So they're literally like 65 cents a piece. So, um, and then you can put clothing in there, you know, or just different accessories, necklaces, or things. But toys is, you know, a, a big category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you can put all those little toys, but they, they ask you to think about putting what they call a wow item in there. That's like a stuffed animal or a sports ball with a pump in it because you can deflate the ball and they can pump it back up. Or uh, dolls. You Plus know, the pump can be used other, other too. Yeah, so, it might have yeah. some utility in other ways. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and then there is a list on their website of things not to pack, and I'll just kind of mention some of those things. Like, God, Greg, pay no, attention. Yeah, no knives, no slingshots. No <laughs> <laughs> um, they ask no food, candy, or gum. Interestingly, no toothpaste because it's, it's kind That's of a, a gel thing, yeah. so uh, they don't want anything like that. No used items or damaged items. Um, no scary or war related items because a lot of these kids have really experienced the impact of violence so they Mm -hmm. don't want anything like that in the boxes Um, no wearable camouflage really no food of any kind no seeds no liquids no medication no money no glass or breakable items because these boxes are just going all over the place and no matches, fire starters, or aerosol cans. Um, no razor blades. Knives is on the list. Uh, <laughs> Greg, you're going to deliver your own boxes. See, my thing, I, in my mind, I'm thinking like a bushcraft box. I've got all this stuff for, you know. He's going to uh, give him a bug out bag. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what I was thinking. Water help, filtering straw. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just stuff to help them to do, but. But yes. I, um, don't pay no attention. No, to that. it is a great thought, yeah. and there are a lot of things you can pack that do have some utility with them. Um, so that's kind of what uh, I the see way Greg packing I, some survival boxes. That's that's what I would be. You know, like I would do like a double, like they can have fun, but they can actually use it. Like yeah. you know, the basketball with the pump, you know, and stuff like that. That's to me, they could use that, and uh, you know, the ball. Yeah, they could play that 
you know, with the bulb and thing. I also use that as a floater for to catch some kind of fish. Or I don't know. You know what I'm saying? There's a just, lot of ways. Yeah. Yep. So I'm thinking jump ropes and all this stuff that they can use for other yeah. things, you know? Would, would, smart. would yeah. a water filtering straw be permissible in one of those? Yes, that's a great idea. That is a really yeah. good I've idea. I've never thought about that Because before. you can buy those and put them in. Straws. Yeah, and you put them in your bag, and you can yeah. drink right out of a river. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's an amazing idea. Yeah. I, I mean, cool. I've thought about that before. That's just the kind of way my brain works when I'm thinking about it. There you go, this, Greg. We finally found something you can pack in your box. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Water filter and straw. That's Greg, awesome. have you ever been through TSA before? I've never. No, I've I've. Yeah, I've went to Texas once. <laughs> That's about it. Have you ever been through airport security before? No. You would be the po- guy pulled aside. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, yeah. we're going to need to talk to you. <laughs> so if someone has a box that they individually want to pack and just take, where are some of these local centers? Do you? Yeah, I know so, Cross Point is one of them. Yes, Cross Point Church in Litchfield is one, and then Hardinsburg Baptist Church is one in our local community. And I've got a list of drop-off locations that I can leave here at the station. Um, But you can also go to the website and find different drop-off locations. Yep. So we got just two or three. We got, well, actually, we don't have two or three minutes. We're out of time. Final thoughts. We got 30 seconds. Okay. Um, Well, I like to pray over my boxes uh, Mm -hmm. because some of these children have never heard of Jesus before. And so I just pray that the children's hearts would be open and ready mm-hmm. to receive the word about Jesus Christ and that they would give their lives to him because that's the most important thing, Amen. I think, in this whole project. Amen. Amen. Well, we are out of time for today. Thank you, Miss Melanie, for coming on with us, t- sharing about Christmas, Operation Christmas Child. How many boxes have we got going out of here? I haven't counted them yet. Ours are going out today, but I'm estimating we've got about 160 boxes. Awesome. Let's let's pray this out of here then. Uh, Well, lead us, somebody. Father, I just thank you for today. Lord, I just ask you to be with this uh, box ministry, Lord, and all that they do. Father, I just ask you to multiply and bless, Lord, and just spread your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And let pocket knives be able to be permissible one day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really don't think it's a Swiss Army knife. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. Like, that has a lot of gadgets in it. So we're out of here. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.